Good morning. Uh, happy February. You guys happy it's February and not January? Isn't that good? Oh, man. I'm tired of the cold. My name's Andrew. I'm the director of youth and service here at College Hill Presbyterian Church. Uh, and I'm here to share with you, um, I don't know, a few words. Uh, today I'm just extremely encouraged, um, mostly off of just yesterday. Yesterday was a great day here. Some of you were here. Uh, in the morning there was a class. It was called the Cultures of Money or Cultures of Wealth. Uh, and it was a class about trying to figure out how we can cross over uh, the walls that divide us uh, or to be a church without walls. And sometimes diff- there's different things that divide us apart and keep us separated. Uh, one is just how we view money or uh, how we grew up with money. So uh, if you grew up in a poverty mentality or uh, kind of middle class or if you grew up in wealth, uh, sometimes it's hard to cross over those lines and empathize with one another and know what's going on in each other's lives and support each other. And so it was just a class that was held uh, for a couple hours on Saturday morning to, uh, to figure out how to, how to cross over those lines. And I was encouraged because there was like 50 or 60 people that said, yeah, I'll give up my Saturday morning to learn more about how to break down walls that divide us. So that was super encouraging. And then uh, right after that, it went upstairs, and in the fellowship hall, we got to host a great event yesterday. I don't know if you guys know about it or not, but Hamilton County Youth and Family Services and a couple other counties in the area, um, different, uh, a bunch of kids that are in the foster care system that are looking to be adopted uh, so they don't have a home, were here in our church. Uh, so I don't know if it was, I don't know if you have a number or anything, it was maybe 30 kids or so were here, and then... A bunch of families that say we would like to adopt some children came and they got to meet each other and hang out and play games together. And it's quite possible that yesterday here in our church, there were some children that met for the first time their soon-to-be families. Uh, Isn't that cool that that's happening right here in our church? I think that's great. And I think that, that's just that's one thing. I'm going to be talking about missional communities today, but there's, there's a group of us in the church that say uh, we really want to care for orphans, uh, and it's called the Orphan Care Missional Community, and that was just something that uh, they said, let's, let's figure out how to partner with Hamilton County uh, and, and provide space for them to be able to do that. So, so that's good news. That's good things that are happening in our church, um, and, and we're in this series called Got Any Good News? So for me, if someone said, do you have any good news? I'd say, yeah, uh, it's at my church. Uh, and there's some good things going on here, which I'm just, I don't know, and that, that was just one day. There's a ton of good things going on. Uh, so in the series, God is Good News, Drew has challenged us the last couple weeks. Uh, if you've been here, uh, you've heard him preach, uh, talking about how God is good news. And he's asked us to pray that God would give, his, give us his explosive heart for the world. That God, uh, you, we read that story about how God chases after the one lost sheep, uh, and celebrates more of that, about that sheep coming back and that person coming back to his family than the 99 that are already a part of the family. Do you believe that's who our God is? Our God is one that reaches out to people who don't know about him and celebrates that. Do you believe that? Okay. I believe that too. Uh, but I, well, I believe that here, and I don't know if I believe that with my life. I don't know if I live that out. So we've been praying that God would give us that love. Uh, and Drew challenged us to reflect and say, how is Jesus good news in your life? Uh, and I, uh, I think we were on the leadership retreat here, and that, kind of, that question came up, uh, and we had to reflect, like, how is Jesus good news to you specifically? Write down some stories. And it took me a little while 
to think of those stories. And I'm like, wow, if I'm not thinking about how Jesus is good news to me, how can I possibly share about how Jesus is good news to anyone else? So if we're praying about that, reflecting on that, and then we start living that out, living questionable lives is what he called us to last week, saying how can we live in such a way that people will say, tell me more about why you live the way you do. What is this hope that you have? So if you're doing those, if you're praying, you're reflecting, and uh, you are uh, living these lives, you might be ready for this next question of inviting people in. So inviting people in to say, this is the good news of Jesus, to hear about it and to experience the love of God. Anybody here want to invite someone in to experience God's love? Who wants to? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is going to be a little more interactive, like you have to respond, because I can't just stand up here and talk. That is a, no one wants that. That's a boring conversation, one person talking. So uh, if you guys want that, that's great. But I think our church, as encouraged as I am in many areas, invitation is not our number one best attribute, maybe. <laughs> Little chuckles, because you know. Uh, what is it? Like if we were to reflect, how many times have you said... Let's say the last, in the last week or so, hey, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Or maybe we should do month or year. Uh, or can I tell you about the good news about Jesus? Or even, do you, hey, do you want to come to my church? Like if we reflect on that, if I think about that, uh, some of us have to say, oh, it's been a little while. So what is it? Why don't we invite people into the good news of Jesus? Uh, so I was thinking about that, and I'm just going to go with mine. And you can relate to these if you want. I personally think that maybe everyone kind of falls into these two categories, but the reasons I don't share the good news, the reasons I don't invite other people in, is because, one, I don't think Jesus is that important. Which is a weird thing for the guy up front to say. I don't think Jesus is that important. And, or, or maybe it's just, I don't know how to invite other people in. Because I talk about a whole lot of things. If you talk to me, I don't know. What would, some of you know me pretty well. What are the things I talk about often? Skyline and running. Great. My children probably. My lovely wife. She's so awesome. Omelets. Where were the eggs this morning, by the way? I went, I warmed up the pan. I'm all ready to make my eggs. You know about eggs. Yeah, and there were no eggs this morning. Anyway, so see, that's, that's what's important to me is my eggs. Not Jesus. I don't talk about, I talk about eggs probably more than Jesus. That's, all right, so I, I guess I could just leave the stage now because it's like this guy can't talk about invitation at all. Jesus isn't that important because we talk about other things more than we talk about Jesus. I, I think it's because we have too small a picture of the good news. Uh, and I, I think that's because we boiled down what is the good news uh, oftentimes, and I think what I learned when I was younger was, hey, I'm a sinner. I can't be with God. I can be forgiven because of what Jesus did, and I can go to heaven if I accept him as my Lord and Savior, and I should try to be more like Jesus now with my life. And that's what we've boiled down the good news to. And that's, there's some truth to that, but I think what we've done is, if you look at those statements, I, 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 that's our gospel message. It's about me. Okay, and so then if I turn to God and the gospel message is about me, what do you think my life is going to be about? Me. Yeah. So, yeah. so some cat and dog theology, I think we learned about that recently, right? Does it, that's kind of a similar idea there, right? Um, I think we need to have a bigger picture of things. 
to get outside of ourselves and stop talking about eggs and skyline and running. Um, so what we're going to do this morning, we're going to look at two things. One is, what is the bigger picture? So uh, how can God be more important in my life? And two, how, can, how then can I share that? And we're going to be talking about this concept of missional communities. Drew's talked about it a couple times. Uh, and how, how those are a picture of what, uh, what we want to do to be able to share about that. So we're going to look at 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verses 1 to 6. It's on page 935. Uh, of your pew Bible, or you can look on it on the screen up there with uh, me. But let me pray before I read through this. Uh, God, I just pray that as we uh, open your word, as we look at uh, what you've written to us, what the good news is, that you would help us uh, see the bigger picture than how uh, you've done things for me uh, or what I can get from you, but who you are and then, then how I can live for you. So I pray that you would just open our eyes to that and help us to know how to invite people into your good news. Now we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So 1 Corinthians 15, this is Paul. He's writing to people in Corinth. Uh, and he's right in the beginning. He says, now I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you. So if you want to know what is the good news, where is it defined in the Bible, here's a good spot for it. Because this is Paul saying, this is the good news that I proclaim. Uh, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, uh, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you... As of first importance, what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And then he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. So Jesus died, he was buried, he was raised, uh, and he appeared to many people. This is, this is what we stand on. This is the truth of the gospel. But if you look back at the verses before that, it says, in accordance with the scripture. And when Paul says that, and he writes that twice up there, in accordance with the scripture, what's he referring to? The bigger story, you know, that starts in Genesis. God, all through the Old Testament, reveals who he is. So the good news is the story of God. The story of God revealing himself to Israel, that God is good, God is all-powerful, and that God is all-knowing, and that God is all-loving. He is all in all. He is everything. So if the good news is about God and who he is and how great he is and how we can trust him and how he has drawn us to him through Jesus Christ, that gives us a bigger picture than just this is what God did for me or what I can get from him. And the story doesn't end there either. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 20 to 26, uh, it goes on. So Jesus uh, again, he appeared to many people. He ascended. Uh, and in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ, but each to his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end. So this is the end of the story. Here we go. When he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and every power, for he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. This, this is the end of the good news, is that yeah, God is good, God is great, God is powerful, God is all-loving. He came so that we could be with him, and he's going to come back, and he's going to rule, and everything that's evil in this world is going to be destroyed. That's good news, and I look forward to that hope, and that's exciting. And not only that... 
is that if we believe in that, we are now his ambassadors for that. We get to share that good news, and we get to be ministers of reconciliation. So the things that are broken in this world that we see, we get to be a you know, partner with God in battling against those things. We get to fight with God. I don't know. That's a little more than, you know, I'm a sinner, you know, and all these little things. It's like, no, God is great, and we get to be with him. And we get to fight along with him, and eventually we're going to be with him forever when everything is perfect. I want to share that story with some people. Anybody else want to share that with people? Yeah? Now, I tried this in first service. I said, let's go. Like now. <laughs> Don't laugh. No. What if we just left right now and did that? Can we? Drew's not here. <laughs> Injured pilot. Hey, if you're not going to show up, we can do whatever we want, right? So, what do you think? It's an honest question. Do you want to just go and say, let's all just leave here? Oh, that's right. (laughs) Need to? All right. See? I thought maybe in this service this would work. Okay, I'll tell you, i give you a free pass on communion. If you want to go right now, if you're just like, you know what? I know someone that needs to hear this story. I need to go share that right now. What? <laughs> what? This is so silly. I got a confession. I don't really like church. I don't. I think maybe you know that. Maybe you've gotten that hint. Yeah. I don't like being here. I just, but at the same time, when I'm not here, I'm not sharing about Jesus all the time. So, all right, I guess we'll spend some time thinking more about Jesus and celebrating what he did. Fine. If, if we can then go. If you'll promise me that we'll leave here. Oh, no, you can't promise me because you probably won't do it. Uh, if you'll think about sharing the good news after we leave here. All right. Okay, fair enough. It's a deal. You going to do it, Chappie? Okay. Do you have, is there anybody in particular that you're like, you know what, this person really needs to hear the good news? Well, so you got someone in your mind? You don't have to name them. Okay. All right. I don't know. All right. I'm, I'm completely lost on what I'm doing now. I don't even know. All right. What do we, let's, let's see. Okay. Um, okay, so... The first one was, what was I even saying? I just got excited that maybe we would leave here real quick. So I was like, oh, great. I don't have to focus in anymore. Okay. Um, is God important to you? Is this good news important to you? Do you talk about it more than eggs? Do you talk about it more than the Super Bowl? Oh, ooh, Super Bowl. Um, yeah, you do. Yeah, you said yes. Not, Helen does. That's true. You can't get away from her without hearing about Jesus. That's what I want for all of us. All right. If he's not, let's spend some time figuring out why. What are the things that are more important? For me, I I think about my my kids and my family um, a lot more than Jesus. Uh, So how can Jesus become a higher place of prominence? How can the good news be more important than even them? That's a question I need to think through. So, all right. So maybe you need to think through that too. Oh, okay. So, but if you're at that point, like, okay. Jesus is incredibly important in my life, and I want to share him 
with other people. I know this awesome story about God, and I want other people to know that. How do I invite them in to hear about it? How do I invite them in to experience the love of God? There's a passage. It's, it's in Acts 2. It's 42 to 47. Uh, it's page 886 in your Bible. So I think this gives us a great picture. This is, this is the early church inviting people in, and at the end we'll see what happens when you invite people in. This is what they did. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and the prayers. So I guess they showed up on Sunday morning too. That's cool. All came upon everyone because many wonders and signs were being done by the apostles. All who believed were together and had all things in common. They would sell their possessions and goods and distribute the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, as they spent much time together in the temple, they broke bread at home and ate their food with glad and sincere hearts, generous hearts, sorry, praising God and having the goodwill of all the people. And day by day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. That sound good? Do we want to do that? You on board, Helen? All right, good. Joe? Yeah, okay, cool. All right. I hear you there, man. Golly. Uh, okay, so this passage, I think it's, it's great because it talks about just the things that the early church were doing. Uh, but I, I think oftentimes I've looked at this passage and I said, that's just a bit unrealistic, don't you think? You know, they're shared, they had all their possessions, they were all common, and they all shared everything together. Acts of power and wonder and, and God actually miraculously doing things. That seems a little over the top to me or at least it has in the past. You know, I think in college, I was like, woo, that's what the church should be. That's great. Let's do that together. And then I grew up a little bit more, and I was like, oh, that's unrealistic, and I don't ever want to do that because that's way too hard, or I don't really think that could happen. Um, But now what's interesting is we've been trying to form some of these missional communities, uh, this idea of just a, a group of people getting together and saying, let's support one another, let's encourage one another, let's challenge one another. Let's grow in our relationship with God, and then let's take that good news to people. Let's be on mission together. So as, as we're developing these communities, it's funny because I'm like, wait a minute. They, they're looking like this Acts passage. And so i got a couple stories that Roxanne and Matt are going to come up, and they're going to share two stories uh, just about their two little communities. So Roxanne is starting up uh, a new uh, missional community with a bunch of crazy people, uh, around healing. Oh, it's just scary. And, and I'm excited about it. I don't know. It just kind of gets me. I don't know. I'm excited about this. So she's going to share a little bit about it. Well, it is exciting. It is very scary too, but it's, it's very exciting. Um, good morning. Uh, preaching the good news can be done in words, action, and in power. And Jesus demonstrates the good news through healing repeatedly in the gospel. So I want to share what occurred to me and, uh, and how I was healed. It was very strange and very unexpected. I was taking my son to a healing room, and a man came out and shared about how his toe was being healed. Well, I broke my toe back in August, and a few days later I went to this healing room, and the man's like, oh, I was, had this chronic pain, and I was going to have to get surgery. And, and as he was sharing that, it occurred to me that I, too, had a toe to be healed healed. We went into the prayer room. They prayed for my son. And then they said to me, are you ready to have your toe prayed for? And I stood on it and I balanced on it and did a little arabesque and realized that my toe was already healed. 
My toe was healed by the testimony of the man who was walking out of the prayer room prior to me who had had his toe healed, his chronic toe healed pain, uh, pain healed. So uh, it was just in that few moments right there. But God cares about my toe as much as he cares about your illnesses or sicknesses, whatever you're dealing with. And not only does he care about it, he has authority over it. God boldly demonstrates healing as a kingdom principle. Jesus did it, and he tells us to do it. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out the demons. Freely you receive, freely give. If we say that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then we also have that opportunity to be administrators of God's healing here today. In fact, Paul tells us that whatever Jesus did, we will do, and even more so. And I think that's the scary part you're talking about, (laughs) but also very exciting. And people came to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ through their healing. And as I was, Andrew was talking, it really occurred to me that the healing occurred outside of the church. And they actually kicked Jesus out of the church when he invoked healing. So let's go out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband and I and, and Chris will be uh, part of a healing community that's going to start February 17th, we'll try to regularly meet the third Tuesday of the month. We'll start it off at our house in College Hill on Loiswood. We'll worship together, have a really simple meal. Expect hot dogs, okay, <laughs> or something like that. And then, um, and then talk about the healings of Jesus and how he did it, where he did it, and what happened after he did it. It's, there's a lot of it, um, and it's a kingdom principle. Uh, we're in the bulletin. There's a little flyer that Andrew will show you, and just uh, those are the directions to our house. And we'll start meeting on uh, February 17th. So we hope to see you and and watch the good news just be preached. Bring friends who need to be healed. Thanks a lot. So, so that again, as I look at that Acts 2 passage, there's things in it that I don't understand, and things that are a bit of a mystery to me. The healing piece is. A bit of a mystery to me and kind of scary, but, but it's true and it's right. Uh, and here are people in our church that really understand it, that are pursuing after that. Uh, and again, if you look at that passage, um, you know, people are, are coming to know Jesus. And part of it is through healing and acts of wonder that God works in power. And so how awesome is that 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 is occurring? I also want to mention, I forgot in the first service, uh, the well is also happening. I don't know the date on that. Is that this week? It's in your, it's in your bulletin, the 10th. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's in your bulletin, but it, it's a healing service as well, another opportunity to be able to experience healing in the power of God. So that's, but, but again, through these, we want to be sharing the good news of Jesus with others and inviting them in uh, so it's not just us getting together and are being healed, but it's, it's sharing that healing, the power of God with other people. So Matt's going to be sharing about the orphan care, crazy missional community. Uh, good morning. My wife and I have been involved with the missional community in terms of orphan care for about four or five weeks now. We meet once a month at our house with, uh, I think, and have share a meal with, I think there's 10 adults and 20 children or so. And um, we share our, our, our joys and our sorrows and our, our frustrations and our fears because when you get involved in this ministry, it's like stepping in this quicksand. You step in deep, and it's messy. And uh, if you don't have a support system, it's going to pull you down real fast. 
from a personal basis, I've, I've got two fears I've been dealing with ever since we started taking kids into our home. My first fear is, what if I can't make a difference? What if the damage done to these children is so profound, their needs so great that I can't meet them? What if I can't make a difference? My second fear is, what if I can? <laughs> now the game has all, cha- all changed. Now I've got to find more rooms in my house, more beds in my house. I've got to take in more kids. I've got to find and recruit people to do the same because there's so many children out there who are living in environments that they didn't choose, environments that are causing trauma in their lives on a regular basis and they need our help. You know, being in, you know, Marianne Wilkinson once said, Williamson once wrote, our greatest fear is not that we're inadequate. Our greatest fear is that we're powerful beyond measure. With God, we can do things we never thought were possible. Being involved in this ministry has given me a lot of opportunities to share our stories. And I know that you people that come in here regularly know about uh, what I call my little flock of people over here in this section of the church over here. Uh, the Vanderveens, the Martins, and the Wilbers. Six people who bring in about 15 kids each week. And uh, it's amazing to think that God brought them in here for a special purpose. But these are people, kids from all different cultures and, and ethnicities and backgrounds. And God has brought them into this place and sat them in these pews to become a family. And I know people walk in and I see them, in their head, the, I can see the gears working in their brains saying, now, who are these kids? And who do they belong to? What's their story? Let me tell you, if you don't know their story yet, ask their parents because it's a wonderful, beautiful story of God bringing these children into our lives. And, you know, as we tell our story, I found that it's, for some reason, for reasons I can't understand, it touches people's hearts. It moves their spirits. It almost forces them to respond in some fashion. You know, we've had, my wife and I have been humbled by all the people that, from inside this church and outside the church, that have walked alongside of us in the last couple of months as we've taken kids into our family, into our home. People who have sent... People we don't even know will call and say, we're bringing over a meal. Or cards of encouragement and support and affirmation. I have a real estate agent who sold us our house five years ago. It comes by every year before Christmas on a, what I call a, a marketing visit. <laughs> she brings a little gift, a handful of business cards in case we know anybody that's selling a house. And then she'll talk for 15 minutes about what's been going on in our lives. And this, this year before Christmas... I told her about how my wife and I have been taking in kids for an organization called Safe Families. First thing she said is, how can I help you? I said, well, we're doing fine. We really appreciate it, but we don't really need any help. She said, well, you don't understand. I need to help you. She went out to her car and came back with a check for $500 and said, use this for those kids in any way you want. Before Christmas, my wife and I got received over $2,000 in wrapped gifts and cash to distribute to the kids in Safe Families, not just our kids, the kids in Safe Families throughout all of Cincinnati area. How does stuff like that happen? Some people will say it's white, middle-class guilt. I believe there's something inside of all human beings somewhere, the species that we happen to belong to, that knows inherently that we need to take care of the least of these brothers and sisters. I'm I'm proud to be part of a church that's becoming a church without walls. And that it's, it's happening not because of Drew's preaching or the leadership of this church, the music. It's happening because the people in the pews have seen a vision of how church should be. 
It's touching your heart and it's moving your spirit, making you respond in beautiful, wonderful ways. Sometimes you might feel like it's going unnoticed or it doesn't make a difference. Maybe it does. I'm looking forward to the day when we're not only a church without walls, but we have members whose homes are without walls. Amen. All right, so those are two examples of uh, missional communities. Again, they're not, it's not some magic formula. It's not like, uh, I don't know, some perfect thing, a missional community. Really, it's just us trying to live out that Acts 2 passage. Like, what, what could that look like practically? Uh, instead of just showing up on Sunday morning and, I don't know, being kind to one another, what, what can really living life together look like practically? Uh, so again, there's a little uh, uh, pamphlety thing. I don't have one up here, I don't think, but... Uh, it says missional communities on it. There you go. There it is. Uh, and it just has a couple that have started uh, and some more that we're looking to start up soon. But basically the concept is saying, uh, where's, where's a group of people, uh, either like a location, like your, your street, like Whittakind, like uh, let's reach all the people on Whittakind Avenue. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, or, or just a group of people, like uh, people that are in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade at Pleasant Hill Academy, or uh, you know, all sorts of different things, and just saying, let's, let's find some people that are passionate about those people, uh, and let's get together and encourage one another in our walks with Jesus, and then share the good news of Jesus with them. So, and, it's just, and again, I think that's where day by day people are going to be coming into the kingdom of God, as people are invited in through those communities to the love of Jesus. So... Uh, again, my two questions today are, you know, what, what holds us back? Or I guess my one question, what holds us back from, from inviting? And, and one is just, is Jesus important enough to you to really share him? And if he's not, you know, what, why isn't he? Uh, and, and two, uh, why uh, or how can, how can we share about Jesus? And I think the, the idea is being good news together, I think is what it is. Because if I go and try to be good news to everyone I know, I'm just going to get tired uh, but like, uh, like Matt said, if you have people around you that are supporting you together, walking that same journey, it's going to be the support. It's going to be the, the drive for us all to continue to share the good news. So be good news together. So Chappie's going to come up and pray for us, but I just challenge you to say, uh, what, how, do, how do you make Jesus the most important thing in your life? Uh, and who are you being good news together with? And to. Blessings. Thanks, Thanks Jeff. Thank you, brother. <laughs>